Hi, this is Eric from ericswanracing.com and shopesr.com. I'm starting a weekly podcast called the ericswanracing.com podcast to be released every Friday. The plan is to focus on motorsports and racing, but also have conversations and interviews with people from all walks of life. I've wanted to do something like this for years, and I finally feel like my business is to a point where I can increase marketing and promotion, so I'll be talking about the products I sell as well. I have three months of guests scheduled and looking for more people all the time. Some guests to look forward to are TV and movie star, regional and national motorcycle racing champions, professional motorcycle racers, racetrack riding coaches, a real estate mogul and helicopter pilot, custom motorcycle bike builder and painter, engineer, athletes, a four-time triathlete, gun experts, and Instagram models. I love to have every guest in person, but in those cases where that's not possible, we'll use video conferencing. I'm excited to get this started. Welcome to the EricSwanRacing.com podcast number two with my cousin and friend, Gary Douglas. We talk about motorcycles, electric bikes, helmets, simulator racing, alcohol, cooking, mountain bikes, pool tables, the pandemic, and more. How are you with profanity? Do you, do you care? Do you not want it? We can swear. It? We can swear. We can say whatever we want. I'll try not to be all over it. Um, you know, I'm, uh, it's it's going to be evolving as we go. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've never really done this before. I've never... When was the last time you spoke on camera and made it public? Uh, my last YouTube video that I made was late 2016. Oh, you were vlogging for a while. Yeah, I did motovlogging for quite a bit. Yeah, so back to your question. Sorry, uh, the main <laughs> the main audio that we're using, we, I just finally got an XLR cable for this, but it's not hooked up to anything. It's just going over to my little black cabinet there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm probably going to end up using the iPhone or the Canon as the main audio source. Really? Um, the one that I showed you as a test before, that yeah. was from, I think, the Canon. That wasn't bad. It was not bad at all. And mm -hmm. um, the acoustic environment here is not ideal. I don't have any of those foam pads. We live next to a, a main road. To your advantage, almost every flat surface in here that could bounce sound, you have random shaped stuff all over, which is going to help yeah. out with your acoustics. So okay. that's cool. I mean, if you wait till it's perfect, you're never going to start. Exactly. So I'm like, all right, it's I just got to do this. I remember talking to you about this three years ago when yep. you were here. And I was like, man, I, I got to start a podcast. And like, just, just try it out. And we never did. We never tried it. Oh. And um, now it's time. You know, I've, I posted every single photo I have of me on a motorcycle. I'm out of content. I don't have any new pictures to post. So this is a, a way for me to help promote the business and talk to interesting people cool. and uh, maybe get better at public speaking even though it's in my basement it's you know you could be eventually talking to a stadium full of people uh numbers wise that would be fantastic it'd yeah. be great i mean i'm sure it'd be in obscurity for a while before it gets big enough Man, but nobody starts off overnight and hits the big big time almost it's, it's yeah. increments you just gotta start and get better as you go yep so um so yeah, I got Gary Douglas here. He's my cousin. Hello, hello. Known him for my whole life. He's a master problem solver, puzzle solver. Uh, um, you do archery? Is it uh, crossbow? Archery? Crossbow. I do some crossbow. And uh, marksman. And you said an amateur marksman. Yeah, I do uh, some IDPA competition shooting, some rifle shooting, all different types. Yep. And uh, last time I think we got together just a couple months ago, um, we were going to go to the the shooting range, and they happened to be closed or book that day we weren't able to go shooting um it would have been nice to finally get some get some shots off before this whole pandemic started yeah i know 
been reloading ammo now for the past two months, staring at like the 2,000 rounds I've made, and I'm looking at it going, well, crap, I can't do anything with it. Yeah, I mean, you can maybe go up north and find a place to shoot, but... I know, I was like, Tony, hey! Yeah, right? Does he have a backdrop you can shoot at? Uh, I've actually shot at his property before. There's a small creek bed behind, just north of his property line, but it's a county property, I think it is, yeah. and you can totally shoot into the side of the creek bed with no problem. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to have some kind of land like that, man, with... Building this mountain bike course outside my house oh, in my yeah. in my woods, it's like giving me the itch, man. I gotta I gotta build something. I, I'd love to build a racetrack, but even if it's just dirt and you got dirt bikes on it, that'd be yep. you know almost free training in your own backyard. Absolutely. Just need to find the space to do it, and uh, some neighbors that aren't gonna yell at you for doing it. Ah, <laughs> sounds like it's just one little skirmish, and you've been already yeah. since. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I've been seeing these uh, electric dirt bikes pop up and. People are saying, well, I don't really need to convert to the electric dirt bikes. It's it's not ready yet. But, I mean, the batteries will get better. Some of them might be 45 minutes at a, at a charge. Yep. Not sure how long it takes to recharge that. But yep. you could, I could, if I had an electric dirt bike, I could ride in my backyard and nobody would even know. Oh, yeah, it'd be super quiet. It'd be sweet. Yep. And uh, it's like, like I said, free training in your own backyard. It'd be really cool. Absolutely. But, I've seen Zero came out with one not too long ago, and there's a few other brands, but... I just, I can't get on the short range, man. I'm too worried about it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're not going to use it for travel. Yeah. It's too short for travel yeah. right now. It's just maybe for backyard fun or maybe going to a motocross track. I don't yeah. know if, what their regulations are on that, if they allow those. I would suspect probably not because that totally defeats the idea of a CC engine class or anything like that. Yeah. But maybe for track days or something. Maybe they Practice. make their own class just for electrics. That'd be cool. Yeah. I, I haven't seen where a... Um, have any electric bikes out there yet? It'd be, it'd be the day when that happens. I know, I know. Because if if they're if you're doing an inline four and you're getting that kind of acceleration on a, a standard Moto GP bike, I was looking at a an episode of Counting Cars yesterday actually, and they were showing a Tesla, and this damn Tesla is a, it's a 2014 version, so it's an older, outdated tech at this point. It's doing a 1.9 second. Zero to sixty. Wow. Yeah, it's gonna. <laughs> so you do put that same kind of technology into like a MotoGP style bike, and you're just gonna have like suicide on two wheels. Right. <laughs> well, they do have that class Moto E now. Do they really? There's a, they just started. I think last year they had uh, maybe it was a European series. They only did the European rounds. Mm -hmm. um, but they had a huge issue the first uh, the first couple races that they were supposed to do. They didn't end up doing it because they had a battery charging issue, and the whole I think the whole fleet of motorcycles burned up oh my. they lost everything they lost the chargers they lost the motorcycles everything hollow insurance and they said oh <laughs> there was a charging issue and uh we're still gonna go through with it i'm sure it wasn't cheap to get all that back no online kidding. but no kidding but man that's uh it's it's here and and you can see uh, i noticed there was different type of crashes you know they don't have the same power band that you normally do it's so a they, pretty steady power band all the way through so it's not running the high rpms there's no rpms to worry about it's just yeah don't over throttle like sure. definitely turns. different type of high side it, it, yes. it looks like different crashes yeah. something else you got to worry about but weight distribution is going to be different on the bike so it's going to yeah. handle differently Ugh, so many things it's interesting man i love the the progress and technology yeah i just love it it's relearning the game though yeah, and you were you were talking about uh, helmets right right before we came on. Yeah. Um, you were saying um, the head shape and the different different helmets you can't always wear, and the showies. So yeah, so I've tried multiple different helmets on. I need to find a shop local here that I can actually just like put them on my head. But there was one down in Dayton where I started riding at, and I'd spend hours there just fitting buckets. 
and Shoei's never worked for me, even at their largest side. I got a really large measurement around the cranium right here. Um, so Shoei's never worked, Arise never worked. It has to be an intermediate oval. Round ovals just don't do it for me, or rounds in general. Um, but my problem is I'm wearing a 2XL. Yeah. And so I got to find a company that does at least four shell sizes. If they're, if they're running a three shell size and they've got a large shell size, which is just lesser foam in there, it doesn't work for me. So these guys, as much as their tech is amazing, I can't do showy. Yeah. Um, right now I'm running a Scorpion XO T1200. I started off on the XO1100. Okay. I uh, crashed one of those, bought a second one. That one, I just, I don't know. The second one didn't ever fit as well as the first, so I bought the T1200 because you were giving me the hookup still, yeah. which was fantastic. And uh, I've ridden that for three seasons now, and the little clip strap is snapping on it, and the starting to get a little bit looser. I was doing head checks when I was out riding yesterday, and I felt the helmet shifting during the oh, head man, check, and I'm like, <laughs> might be time for this to go bye-bye. Yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah, it's really, uh, you always want the smallest helmet possible for mm -hmm. your head, um, but if the helmet doesn't fit your head shape, that's not a good helmet. It's yeah. got to be fitting you, fitting your head shape, and then you go from the size from there. Yeah. So I've been actually looking at the uh, Icon Air Flights, I think they're called. It's the, it's the new Icon that's got the visor that extends down into the air duct, and it's okay. all the way to the base of your chin, just in the center right here. And it looks kind of like Stormtrooper-esque. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. But it weighs exactly what my helmet weighs right now, so there's no weight reduction. The mm. air flows just as eh. My biggest concern, though, is that uh, my fiance and I run the Senna... Uh, Thames, I forget, the old older Senna's. Intercoms. Yeah, and she's got hers glued on. She's got a new helmet cones. I'm going to have to re-adhere hers, mm -hmm. but I clipped mine on, and it's really secure clipped on. Hers have fallen off and been dangling by the cord. Oh, yeah. When we're, like, in the, we were out in the middle of Colorado somewhere when that happened. <laughs> but, uh... Is that the one with the base plate that you can snap it on? Yes. Okay. So it's got, it's got a mount plate that you either clamp on or glue on and that has a microphone integrated into it which will run through the padding and up to the front where your mouth is at and then the audio speakers also come out of that base plate and you weave through the helmet and most helmets these days have the sockets now for bluetooth speakers mm -hmm. so on mine they're integrated in she's wearing a half helm right now so she's got a velcro clipped in onto the straps around her ears yeah. um, and then the little Senna itself, the module, just clips in and clips out, so it's super easy to charge up that way. You don't have to put your whole bucket next to the power cable. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's a good feature there. Very cool. For sure. But, yeah, the helmet's getting ready to expire, but uh, I started talking to her about it yesterday because we decided to go take advantage of the beautiful weather yesterday, and we hit this huge ride. So um, we went all the way up to Port Austin. We did um, State Route 25 all the way across the coast. Um, going north on Lake Huron, rounded around through Port Austin, Fort Hope, all those areas. Uh, skipped Bay City because we were running short on time. We took the country roads back through Frankenmuth. Oh, wow, a couple hundred mile ride there. 340. That's a good ride. Of, yeah, it was eight hours on the road with a few breaks. It's so. good. It's yeah. good to get out there and get feel the wind in your hair, so yeah. to speak. Fantastic. With the helmet on, you know, of course. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's yeah. good. she ever take the reins? No. So I've tried to convince her multiple times to get a motorcycle, but she has guaranteed me that she would just straight up drive off the road because <laughs> she'd get too distracted staring at something. So Watching the scenery. Pretty much. Yeah. So I gave up on the concept of trying to get her on her own bike, and I just worked on making my bike as comfortable as I could for two up. And what kind of bike are you riding now? You've had a Kawasaki in the past. Yep, so... I'll give my lineage just because sure. I like all my bikes. We'd like to hear it. Yeah, I started off riding on the Kawasaki Ninja 300, the 20... 
13 model. The first year that they were doing the 300 instead of the 250. Okay. Um, and I loved that thing. It was great. I put it on for eight months, but then I got that itch for more power, just like every new starter does. So I went and traded that in, and I bought a ZX6R. And the ZX6R was fantastic. Holy crap. What year was that? That was a 2013. That was a 13 as well. Yeah. With the Kawasaki Green? Yeah, that was the first year that they dropped the 636 back in there. The, the year prior, they were running the, the 600 cc's. So it was the only body style, Kawasaki Green with the black and white striping. It was a gorgeous bike. Um, and I started riding the crap out of that. I was having fun in the corners. I lost it uh, the day after Thanksgiving in 2016. It was 30 degrees outside in the parking lot of my college. Yeah. And high sided at about 25 miles an hour. Oh. Yeah, so I screwed up the fairings really bad on the whole left side of the bike, but still rode like a champ. Um, but I started thinking about going longer distances, and I took that bike from Dayton, Ohio to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I thought I was going to die. It oh, literally yeah. felt like my hip bones had been separated about two inches further <laughs> than they should because that damn seat just feels like a wedge after so long. Yeah. And I even had like a nice gel seat that I had bought just for that. It just wasn't happening. Sure. So I kept that bike, but I went out and bought a used 2012 um, Harley-Davidson Iron 883. It's a little sportster. My cousin, our cousin Tony, always screaming, Sportster, 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 best oh, bike yeah. ever. Yeah. Tony's all of, what, 5'6"? Yeah, he's, he's a little shorter. Yeah. <laughs> I got on this damn thing, and my knees are up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like riding going, oh, yeah. It's yeah. fun. Definitely didn't have the power band that the Ninja does, but for cruising, it was great. Yeah. I mean, there was a little while there when I was uh, dating my ex where I was commuting 75 miles to work, and that Harley was Fantastic. 50 yeah. miles to the gallon. Really easy and laid back to cruise on. But Are you then, still getting good speed? You're going fast? You're yeah. Fun. I can hit 100 on that, no problem. I got a decent throttle. It's, it's going to smoke any car out there except for like the high-end racers and stuff. Sure. So I was having a good time with it. But then I met my fiance, and she was like, I am all about riding on the back of bikes. I just don't have my own bike. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, shit. We can't really make a Sportster easily two up i mean the suspension is not there for the frame's too small for it it's just not the right bike for that so i started looking at other bikes and i wasn't seeing anything and the very last bike i saw at the harley dealership i was at dude was like check this out we just got this in. it's a brand new model it was 20 2016 harley davidson lowrider s and i'm not a chrome guy i don't like most harleys honestly i think they look stupid i like the performance of crotch rockets a lot more um if I ever buy another bike and it's not a dual sport, it's going to be a street naked because I want that crouch rocket speed without that ridiculous, painful stance. Yeah, <laughs> a little more ergonomic to ride. Exactly. But dude pulled out the lowrider S and got me on there, and I'm immediately flooring the crap out of here. 110cc engine. It's already got an uh, upgraded air intake on there. So I was like, all right, I just need exhaust and a FP3 from Vance and & Hines, and I got a full stage one done on go. this bike. So I bought it right then and there and dropped a couple thousand in it on the stage one and getting it set up for two up. But now I got a bike that I can do 130 on. Now did it already have passenger pegs and No, I had to do I had to do a two up seat, I had to do the sissy bar, I had to do the passenger pegs. Um I did a luggage rack, I did a saddlebag bracket mounts because my lowrider is a Dyna, which is now a dead breed. The dynos have dual suspension on the back tire, right on the sides. Okay. So saddlebags will hit the suspension and then roll in and get caught in the tire and get eaten alive. Ah. So you have to buy these brackets that come off of the rear axle pinion points and basically give a wider support 
for the bags to lay against so that they're not rubbing the suspension. Okay. And so I put those on and we got saddlebags and bought a big luggage rack and luggage bag. And so I bought this bike entirely because she and I just hinted around at the idea of going to Sturgis. And okay, we just yeah, said, yeah. screw it, let's do it. So I put all this money into it and we ended up doing a three-week trip. Started off going up to our family cottage up in Crystal. Spent five days there, I think. And then we shot north and rode the entire UP. Spent the night up in Marquette. That was super cool. Um, went out to Duluth, Minnesota via Wisconsin. Then shot down into South Dakota and went to Sturgis. Saw Devil's Tower and... Um, the Black Hills. Black Hills is some of the best riding I've ever had in my life. Even on a cross track, you would have a fantastic time out there doing that. A lot of twisties out oh, there. Oh, dude, it's insane. Elevation changes like crazy. How do you think that compares to like the Tail of the Dragon type of thing? Have you been down there? I have. I've, I've ridden Tail of the Dragon. We did a very, very quick three-day trip, and we rode Tail of the Dragon back and forth, and then I just got lost in the mountains out there for a while, and then yeah. I shot home. It was great. Only time I've ever gotten my fiancé in a tent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, comparatively... Tail of the Dragon is more technical, because Tail of the Dragon, there is not a straight spot that's more than 100 yards anywhere in the entire run. Yeah. And there's not a huge ton of elevation changes, it's just twisties. They cut your speed limit off, it's either 30 or 35, Pretty I forget. Low there, it's, yeah. It is low. But on a Harley, you can still drag, drag pegs every single turn oh, with man. no issue. <laughs> I was having a blast. On a crotch rocket, I think you'd have to really fight for it, because you need to be in the 50 or 60 mile an hour range to get to that level of lean angle. Well, not necessarily. I think... Uh, I can't remember the exact speed. I don't know if it was 15 or 25 miles an hour. It was one of those two numbers. I was dragging knee at, I think it was 15 or 25 Seriously? miles an hour. I looked down like... There's no way. You'd be doing like a 15-foot circle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just one of those really, really tight left-handers, I think it was. And uh, gotcha. went down like, wow, dragging knee at this speed? That's cool. Oh, that's wild. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, we went down there in, uh, must have been 2012, 2011. I was still in college. So it was just you, like, you did Tail of the Dragon then? Did Tail of the Dragon. Nice. We went down there with 20 different riders, all in suits. Everybody's got a... I mean, they weren't all track riders. Right. Some of them were. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had... We had, must have had four or five guys go down. Um, I mean, nothing crazy, but... I enjoyed seeing all the fenders and shit. They were hanging out of the oh, trees, man. The tree of shame? Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's lit up like jewelry. That, it really that tree is. You is. cannot miss it. Every single part you can think of is on that tree. Yeah. Probably entire frames of motorcycles now, everything, you know. Yeah, yeah I think one of the, the cool things about the tail that I didn't expect, and I found it in Needles Highway, too, in the Black Hills, is there's guys that just camp out there with big awnings and really high-end cameras yeah. and they take all your photos and yeah. then they have there's websites on their awnings. Oh yeah, I think one of them, uh, Killboy is his name. Yes, yeah, that's actually website. the one we used. Yeah. Um, so my birthday that year after we did Tail, she went and printed out a whole bunch of the shots from us riding and it looked super cool and she gave me this like really customized like picture frame with everything on it. So Yeah, yeah man, I miss my GoPro. I still have it. I still have all the mounts. I just, I don't know. I just lost the taste for it. I found that I started running out of stuff to talk about. Like, started motovlogging because I was watching all the other motovloggers out there and just loving it. And it was like, back in the day, it was Do It With Dan, Yummy R6, um, yeah, uh, Baker X Derek out in California. Oh my God, chill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I, I love all this content. It's, it's uh, you know, people like me and you, we can become... Uh, mild mini celebrities by mm -hmm. just putting it out there. Yep. 
and uh, having different conversations with different people. It's just like, imagine the people that I'll get to talk to from doing this. Oh, yeah. You know, I think I have uh, maybe 15 or 16 people scheduled once a week for the, for the next few months. That's awesome. And I don't know if everybody's going to be showing up now with this pandemic. Yeah, you might be doing more digital than you expect. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, we can still do it. It's just going to be in, in, in a laptop, maybe in front of me in a webcam. Yeah. Um, it might not be perfect, but at least I'm still going to be having these conversations. Yep. Um, as long as you got tolerable audio, you'll be all right. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely am going to be upgrading the, the audio. I'm going to have a separate microphone for the guest and, and a separate microphone for me. I'm still figuring out what exactly I need to buy, what exactly I need. Um, there's a lot of different options you can go there's with. There's so many. I mean, yeah. And I used to have that MIDI recorder that I used for the, the music, and mm -hmm. it had two different... Uh, quarter inch mono plugins for like a guitar or I had a digital four track still. Yeah, I do if, you, if you're interested possibly I mean I'm looking at one right now. Uh, they're a couple hundred dollars, but it, it'll take two XLR ports I've got the thing mine does take that and then I think I'll need a headphone Amplifier because you, in an ideal situation you have headphones on mm -hmm. and actually monitor what you what you're saying so that you know the microphone is in the right vicinity of your face so you can pick it up properly exactly and maybe it's got a buzzing noise you got to fix the you know the cable yeah so it'd be a better idea to have a have it be monitored yep in real time sure. rather than do the whole thing and then realize it wasn't recording and that would <laughs> stick right yeah. i want backups for my backups for my backups I mean, if you stick with the ambient input like this instead of having the individualized mics, the one thing I would highly recommend is getting a Dead Cat or whatever. I, Dead Cat's a brand, okay. but it's basically the big furry damn thing that, yeah. that sits on top of the mic. Like a pop filter. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what it is, but Dead Cat is like the one that I used when I was moto vlogging. It's definitely the highest end for good audio quality. Sucks when you get that fur in your mouth, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I know what you mean now. Yeah. It works great. I did have a pop filter. I actually sold it on eBay. Okay. But um, they do help a lot. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. You can, you know, put your hand in front of it and blow and it just doesn't even touch touch it. That's no. the whole point. It directs or diverts the airflow. Yep. Pretty cool. So you're not getting those hard P's and K's and T's and all that. Yep. So, yeah, I, I had this uh, podcast journal. I didn't quite finish it, but I just got to just rip off the Band-Aid and start. You know, it gives you all kinds of ideas of... Um, confirming your uniqueness and seeing if other people are doing what you're doing and if they are that's not necessarily a bad thing that mm -hmm. means that there's there's people who want to hear that who want to put it out there so absolutely yeah that's one of the things that I struggled with with moto vlogging was content by having a journal like that you give yourself uh, the ability to go back and prompt yourself later on I didn't do that often so a lot of what I talked about was always just whatever the hell was going on in my mind at the time and a lot of my mode of vlogging around then, I had a friend of mine that was just going through this ridiculously horrible divorce, and he was single, and he was all about this movement that was getting big at the time called MGTOW, Men Going Their Own Way. Okay. And I am not an advocate for MGTOW by any means, because it's really borderline heavily sexist. But I can understand it for like guys who are scorned and want some way to like, reach out and stuff, so I made a few videos about it and talking about it. And how I've stepped away from feminism, but not gotten into the MGTOW arena. And those are like some of my heaviest traffic videos out there. Just random crap you talk about, man. Yeah, they're kind of controversial. You know, yeah, that's exactly. not necessarily a bad thing. Exactly. I was working for a company, and they were having me doing their marketing. And I said, you know, let's just be conservative. I just don't want to offend anybody. He's like, I don't mind if you're controversial. 
that actually um, has gets more views. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are, it depends what you're going after and what your your goals are. But yeah, I mean, you try to say that Hitler was a great idea or something, it might be a different story. I right. mean, yeah. that's just a really racy line to bounce on. You know, sure. like what's okay to talk about and piss people off, but not totally shun the company and what's just stepping too far. Yeah, and and things that happen happen in the virtual world bleed over into real life in a very <sighs> real way. Did yeah. you? Hear about there's an iRacing or NASCAR star. I did hear about this. Who, oh, please, uh, yeah. <laughs> who went a little too far, and he uh, used the N word in his racing. He got a little pissed off, and oh. we we were just playing some games upstairs, and it's easy to get pissed off at oh, those. Oh man, yeah. But the thing is, now I don't know this person. I don't know him at all. But um, I'm not even gonna say his name. I might get it wrong. What his name was, but he. Um, the thing is, you, you don't. It doesn't just roll off your tongue. Mm -hmm. It's not the first time he said it. Yep. You know that's part of his vocabulary. Oh yeah. And uh, and his sponsors dropped him. He lost his Chevy sponsor, and Chevy even told him, "If you form a new team, or we will not support any team that you're on, forever. You're, we're done with you. Even if you get on a team that has Chevy, we're not supporting you." And that's a very very harsh thing to to do. But they're they're saying this is not acceptable. We won't tolerate this. That's that's a interesting boundary to talk about. But uh, what was I saying? Oh, victim mentality. So this guy, we're not naming names. I don't even know his name to name him, so it's fine. But he got totally shut down by Chevy for life. And I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. It's the same kind of thing where you got men that are saying things to women, saying things to African Americans or other minorities, and they're getting straight up ostracized. Um, Whereas 50 years ago, that was the norm. Yeah, and I'm not trying to advocate for doing those things no. by any means. I think that's totally wrong, and I think there should be punishment in place. But when these people have big contracts, big sponsorships, and stuff like that, yeah, they should probably lose them. But should that be a permanent, lifelong ban? No, because that's telling the world that people can never change. And people are averse to change a lot of times. It doesn't often happen, but... To totally screw somebody out of their possibility for life because they said one word, sure, maybe they use that in their regular personal lexicon all the time, but publicly, one word. Yeah. It's the reality. And it was actually in his house still. I yeah. Mean, you're still broadcasting to the world. You're very comfortable in that kind of environment. You're not thinking about it that way. It's an easy faux pas. Yeah, it's That's one right. of the first times they've done the virtual races. Exactly. Used to this. It's, it's a horrendous thing that happened in a public environment, even if it is digital, digitally public, but... These lifelong bans are too extreme. This whole victim mentality where people get shunned for life for doing certain things, I think is crap. Yeah. Punish a guy. Sure. Maybe uh, give him a penalty, a financial penalty maybe even. I, yeah, I would be a lot more okay with it if Chevy had said, hey, 10 years, no contracts, no business, whatever. If you're still around and you're still even trying to do this kind of thing, come talk to us then and we'll see if we're interested. It's like prison. You know, you did your time. Precisely. You paid your debt to society, mm -hmm. and, and you he's going through, I think, uh, sensitivity training, or whatever they call it. Right. Yeah, so... I mean, I, I yeah. it's a screwed-up situation, but... I kind of feel for the guy, in a way. I mean, he's, he's a professional. He's... Uh, I don't advocate for that at all, but... Um, his whole life is upended now. Yep. And that's tough. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to be one to cast judgment when... Quite honestly, like, I have a psychology background, and I know that there's not a single one of us, Caucasian males especially, that does not have some integrated form of racism within them that we were raised up with. It's not something that we voluntarily chose to have, but 
somewhere in our conscious or subconscious thought processes, there are racist ideals that are there. And it's not that we're like, oh, I'm better than this person over here. <laughs> it's entirely just, I'm used to this kind of society and this structure of life because this is what I was brought into, and they don't have that ability. Mm -hmm. So where do we draw the line on what's okay to be like that about and what's not okay to be like that about? And it's really just yeah. opening your mouth and saying the wrong thing right now. Sure. So. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a yeah. tough world out there. It's, yeah. it's very different. Things are changing fast. Yep. All right, enough about that crap. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you want to go next? <laughs> oh, man, we got so many things. Um, you know, today is five years to the day since I was in the hospital for my crash. Seriously? I didn't even realize that this wasn't the reason why we were doing it today. <laughs> I just saw it on my news feed yesterday. I was at Granton, ripping it on the Triumph and got my knee down. I saw, I saved the picture. And uh, and I remember going to bed and posting this, like, a great day today, you know. And then the next day, I was in the hospital with seven broken bones. I think it was my third concussion. Fourth time, I dislocated my shoulder. That's brutal. Uh, collapsed lung, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it was a bad thing to happen. It's never a good thing for that to happen. But um, I wouldn't be who I am today without that. Nope. I probably wouldn't have started my business without that. You know, um, all these different things. I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast today. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, I don't believe in fate, but I, I do think looking backwards, you can kind of connect the dots. Um, change of priorities, really. Yeah. I mean, you're trying to make the most of what you have inside of that culture and lifestyle yeah. for where you are now. And it's no fault to be had for that. And, you know, it just makes me a bigger advocate of track safety. Yep. You know, um, I wouldn't say Grattan's a, a dangerous track, but I wouldn't say it's the safest track out there. You know, I, I hit a, I hit the pit wall, and the pit walls are usually right next to the racetrack, mm -hmm. and almost every single track. Yeah. Um, could it have been designed differently? Sure, but it was not designed as a road racing course when it was first uh, designed. It was a it was a drag strip. It was just the front straightaway was a drag strip. Huh. Years and years and years ago. So there's no reason to not worry about having a wall there because you're not looking to corner into it most of the time. Sure. So. Okay. Um, and even you could you could have a bad high side, land on your head, and not even hit anything, and, and have a bad crash. Yep. So it's not always about the track. It's you know I made a mistake. I made a pass up the inside of turn. I think it was uh, 10A, and I, I think I may have dragged my peg in the in the grass. It was too close there and I high right side. On that edge, yeah. I was right on the edge passing Jeremy Klauski up the inside. Just a very close pass. It was fine though. And then there's a dip right there. And I know that every time you get you load the suspension you can kinda of get on it a little harder. Yep. Well I was also on a new bike with hey, a new tire. I thought tire. the bike was the main reason why you why you threw it. It was a brand new tire also. It was a new compound that was released that weekend. So, so you hit that dip with a higher throttle, you're still leaning heavily in the turn, the back tire just goes boom. Snips right out from under you. Yep, and uh, Damn. my friend Jeff, he saw. He said he saw me upside down in tandem with my bike in midair, flying through the air, and then I go hit, hit a guardrail head first. So I'm just, I'm thankful to be alive. I can't wait to get on a bike again. I just don't want to do that again. You no know, kidding. of course, you're going you're gonna to crash. It's just a part of riding and racing. Yep. Um, you just hope you don't have the big one. Right. You know, for a long time, I was... Um, I, I was a great crasher, I felt like, because I would crash and I wouldn't necessarily get injured. And most, I have crashed a dozen times or so on the racetrack alone. Mm -hmm. And most of the time you have a slide out and you get up and you're pissed off and you go back to your bike and, oh, I got to fix that foot peg and a handlebar. Yep. You know, there's there's one crash at Road Atlanta. I just went in the gravel trap. It was qualifying for a National 600 race. 
I went wide, just too wide, and it was pea gravel. It's very deep, very, uh, you get sunken in very fast. It meant to soak you up, yeah. Yep, and uh, I was I was saving it. I was back and forth, and, and uh, I fell over, and I broke three zip ties <laughs> on my body work. Because I figured uh, it was better to not have bolts in my body work. Oh, yeah, that way it rips off nice and, and easy. screws off, so the, the zip ties just pop off and just rip Man, it back up. Like five-second replacement. Yeah, yeah so it was like, that was a 12-cent <laughs> replacement there. That was the best crash I ever had. Nice. You know? So... Yeah, fairings, fairings are too expensive. Expensive, man. The whole first year I rode, I rode primer gray bodywork. I didn't even paint it. Yep. And I had uh, duct tape number plates because there was just no money. I had no money to do it. That's awesome. Uh, no sponsors that first entire year. And and uh, that was kind of by design. I didn't want to be, I mean, I obviously want sponsors, but uh, I was like, how deep am I going to get with this? I had no oh, yeah. idea. Yeah. So, and I thought the, the gray looked cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who has gray, gray primer gray out there? Like that? Ship Nobody, flying, right? Yeah, I was the only guy. So, so yeah, you were. Um, I just got a, a simulator, a racing simulator for the PS4. Oh. We were doing a few minutes ago. Yeah, that thing is epic. Uh, it's a fanatic, <laughs> uh, fanatic wheel with a Formula One mm -hmm. wheel on it, and yep. the, the whole pedal system. And uh, I was doing that yesterday, man. That's so fun. And uh, you were just trying that out today. What did you think of it? I think it's really impressive. It's uh, it's interesting having to relearn the car because like I came over here maybe a couple a month. months ago. Yeah, February. And, yep, we were playing GT Sport, and first time I'd ever played it. And I was getting my ass handed to me by you and by everybody else <laughs> in the game, and I was still enjoying it. So I went home and actually got my PlayStation Network account back up, started playing it, and I started really learning the tracks. So you give me a controller, and I can run most of these tracks now and do decently well. You're still kicking my butt, but you just got a lot more racing experience. Sure. But in general, like, I'm not driving off every corner now. I'm having clean races, doing well, winning stuff. I get in that simulator, and suddenly I'm eating every wall again. So yeah. it's cool being able to relearn the vehicle. And one of the things that we were talking about up there was that, like, I can feel specifically when the back tires are about to break out because I'm overthrottling out of a corner. When before with a controller, it's just... You don't know what's going on with it, but now you can actually tell with all that haptic feedback. It's yep. really impressive. Yeah, that force feedback is like none other. Um, you know, like you say with the controller, you can't feel the car as well. And this one, you can almost feel everything. Yeah. It'd be. Uh, I think this is one step down from actually having a platform and your car is going forward and backwards. <laughs> exactly. They have those. But those are a couple of thousand dollars. Oh, I imagine. Uh, that'd be. That'd the piss be. The systems would be. Yeah. Basically, the only other thing you'd need. Um, I, I've been thinking about. Man, I should wear my helmet. And I should get some driving gloves and wear those, get those shoes. Really would not be a bad idea. I mean, why not? I, I mean, see guys on Twitch doing it. Yeah, if you're going long-term for that kind of racing in the first place, you might as well be <laughs> fully immersed right now. That yeah. way you're not shorting yourself on it. Yeah. I'm a little sore. My, you know, my right butt cheek and my, my pecs and my shoulders, my, my arms are not, like, painfully no, I mean, sore. But two races, I can feel it right you, here. You definitely feel it, man. It's a workout. Yep. My dad said, I was talking to him. So you should put on Strava for that. That's a workout, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not moving anywhere, but my heart rate's got to be elevated. Yep, most definitely. Good cardio right there. For sure. And uh, I, I've been building a, a mountain bike course in my backyard. We took a little walk on it. Yep. Uh, what would you think of that? I think that's going to be fun, man. That's definitely a great way to spend some time during quarantine and not lose your mind, get some good exercise. Yeah. yeah I think it's going to be fun to, ch to check out here shortly. You know, I, I've lived here for five years now, and there's a, there's a trail one mile away from my house so there's not really there wasn't a huge need for me to to build a mountain bike course in my backyard when yep. there's one a mile away but 
you know, I've been going on the trail uh, a couple weeks ago, and there's hundreds of people on the trail that normally aren't even on the trail. I know. So for me, I'm going 15 miles an hour. They're yelling at me, you're going too fast. And, you know, they're all in the middle of the trail. They don't know how to walk on the trail. Stay on the right side of the trail. Yeah. So I wanted to do something where I could go outside in my backyard and not have to worry about all these massive people, yep. which they say, you know, we're supposed to be six-foot distancing and all that. But if you're on a bicycle, they say it could be up to 40, 50 feet that you're supposed to be. Yeah, there was a, a science team in Sweden, I think it was, or maybe Switzerland, that put out a study right shortly after COVID got big. And they were saying that when you're out exercising in like a park environment, the, the bacterial spread, you can leave a chemtrail of bacteria 100 feet behind you if you're moving at a decent pace. Yeah. So runners going six feet apart, you're way too close. Bikers, same thing. It's a challenge to try to be able to get the workouts in and stay far enough away. I stopped using the park right down the street from my house for exercising. Because Same reason, of, uh, yeah. Yep. You don't have a, the forest in the backyard to use, though. No, 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 no. I just have a half tra half half mile concrete lap track right down the street in that park, but it's constantly bombarded right now. So I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And you've been, uh, you've turned into a somewhat of a athlete. Been trying. Um, I, I gotta say the last month and a half has not been very good for me, but, um, I ran my first half marathon ever. Um, it was scheduled to be a race in Ann Arbor on March 22nd, which was a month and a half ago now. And they canceled it because of COVID. So the week, but weekend before, I ran it on my own, and I did a 2.08, so for my first ever half marathon, it's not, bad, it's not bad. I was under a 10-minute mile, which is what I was really worried about. Um, then the very, like, three days later, I did another 5K, and I did my fastest 5K ever, and that was where I screwed up. Was that at the, um, it was the Hot Cider Hustle? No, that was the one that you and I did way back okay. when. That was a fast 5K for me. That was, uh, I did 20, 28, 58, I think it was. That was a windy one. Yeah, right on was, the riverfront? Yeah, that was tough. Front. It was cold and windy. But, uh, I just ran, I, I run 5Ks, it's kind of like my baseline nowadays, and I ran a hard 5K, I did like 27 and change. But... I had already overdid it during the half marathon, and then I didn't give myself enough healing time after the half, and I gave myself the worst case of shin splints known to man. Oh, yeah. So I haven't run a single mile in over a month now. It's still hurting you? It's finally going away. I'm thinking about trying next week. Okay. But um, I was doing the mountain biking really hard last year, and then I got into the running over the winter because mountain biking in the winter kind of sucks. True. Um, Especially in Michigan, like you don't yeah. have a fat bike. Yep. Yeah, I'm not buying a fat bike. I can't afford the money for a good one. So. Right. Got into the running. I was really hoping to do the M MMBA, Michigan Mountain. I forget what the group yeah, is. Yeah, it's MMBA, yeah, CPS, a, a Michigan Mountain Biking yep, Association. Championship Point Series. Yep. yep, I was hoping to do that. I think probably most of that's going to be canceled this year now. So the thing is with that is uh, it's a 10-round series, yep. but they only take, in the past, they only take your best five of those 10. So you could do it down to a five. And still be legitimate. It just depends on when they're going to allow large-scale yeah. gatherings again. Because, I mean... Something like that with the number of people that you've talked about being there, like a thousand plus. A couple hundred plus. people plus, oh yeah. I the mean, bigger ones, a thousand maybe. You could be talking, it could get the same level of band that like concert venues are going to get. And those are going to be the last things that come back into play on this. Yeah. So, I'm not keeping my hopes up on any major riding like that this year. And I'm, right now, I'm even hesitant to go out and hit the dirt trails. Because I live right next to Heinz Drive and there's the... the four miles on Heinz Drive of mountain bike trails that are really awesome, but they're heavily populated, so... A lot of hikers on that, too, I'm sure now. Yep. My first time out there this year, I had a woman out there without a dog, with a dog with no leash, and the dog came at me, and I went over the handlebars, and oh. 
Yeah. What a stupid thing to crash and hurt yourself with. Yeah, know? it was a bad start to the season, so I'm just kind of taking it easy. So having like your own personal dirt track out here is <laughs> A-okay right now. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking if I don't modify the course too much and I'm having all these people over for, for these guests, mm -hmm. I could have some sort of like leaderboard, like time-based <laughs> leaderboard. Like, hey, this person at this time, you know? Yeah, we could totally use our watches to set up lap times sure. and just go to town. You know, I, I was thinking, man, I need like a data logger for my bicycle. How cool would that be to just get your lap times every time you go by? Or yep. even just, you need a transponder and a beacon. Or it's it's kind of too small for the GPS to pick up every nuance of it, I think. I'm not sure how Have that Have you works. really put it to the test much yet? I've just, uh, I mean, I use my GPS every time I use it. Okay. But on the maps, it looks kind of jumbled up. It's very close in that. Kind of like when your dad does a GPS of him mowing the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I hope your lawn doesn't look like that. Right. <laughs> I've done that too in, in, uh, in Roseville. I did that a couple of times. It didn't look very good. No, I've done the, the <laughs> I got a three-year-old trying to draw. Yeah. But it, actually, the new GPS, that was, the Fitbit was, was kind of more inaccurate, but the, the Garmin that I have now actually has two different GPS systems. What are you using? The... This is the Garmin Tactics Charlie. Well, I mean, what GPS system are you doing? It uses uh, GLONASS and regular GPS. Cool. I think I there's also Galileo. Galileo is not fully operational yet, though. It functions, but the accuracy on it is way lower than the other two. So I'll okay. make sure you weren't running that one. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. But I've seen they have three now in some so of the some of the. This GPS has got units. all three, but it's. And funny. which one is that? This is the Phoenix 5X Sapphire. It's basically the same mo same features, I think, just a slightly different model. Yeah. So yours and mine are about the same age from each other. The main differences on yours is yours is. More more used in military environments and has a lot more reliance on topographical information and compass information whereas mine's just a lot more general run-of-the-mill athlete that wants to spend too much money on a watch sure yeah <laughs> so. they're cool though right it's a badass thing to have i love it a lot yeah and actually i just bought a new strap for this i didn't realize how quickly you Dude, could undo i know the strap. mine's getting torn up yep. just like it's fading fast. and so they they're it's like a different type of material oh, it's not the same exact one fancy is that from it's garmin from garmin or? it okay. gives me a little bump here from pinching my with my glove yeah. so it's pinching a little too much but it is a little more sturdy and I didn't realize, I've had this thing for like two years now, how quickly you could undo it and, and it's a quick release. Oh, really? Yeah, if you just take it off, it just four seconds, you just push the thing down, no tools at all. Nice. Oh, you're right at the base right here? Clip on the inside. I think mine is like that too. I think my favorite thing about the watch is not even a watch configure, is this thing, I forget who makes it, it's this little plate, my fiance got it for me for uh, Christmas, but it's got my name, city, state, and then her name, phone number, and relationship, my mom, phone number, and relationship. In case you get lost. Yeah, well, more like if I have a heart attack, I'm sure, on the BFE yeah. trail somewhere. <laughs> yeah. so. You don't have dementia. Right, right. So. Knock myself out and can't remember who the hell I am. Yeah, I have a, I have a dog tag in there that I need, actually... It's been on my list to get a new one because this thing's from high school. Oh, yeah. And it has my parents' probably. home phone number on it. <laughs> so what's that going to do? How's that going to help anything? They don't even have a landline anymore. Right. I still remember those numbers, but they, yeah. don't, they don't do shit anymore. Yeah, so at least it's got you know my blood type on it, which I think is important. I don't even know that. That's a problem. I think I'm A minus. That's A negative. Sounds kind of less common. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, o positive, O negative, it, or main one. It's either so. B minus or A minus. Okay. Should know. I know I can probably find out quickly. I donate plasma, and they could probably tell me in a half second. To upgrade that for sure. Yeah. That's uh, that's basically the main camera. I mean, I have the security camera that's going to be all black and white. I think it does some color, but it does infrared too, so we could do a night podcast. <laughs> <laughs> infrared. That'd be cool. And uh, I've seen, you know, I have these clickers for the for different lights now, and you can see the infrared camera will pick up the 
the, the remote oh. noise. I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. I never seen that before. Nice. Pretty cool. So yeah, I have a couple security cameras now. I got one upstairs in the living room. I got one down here, usually facing the back door. It's probably not a bad idea around here. They're so cheap. Yeah. It's like, I think that was $30. That's the same one that we had at the cottage. Mm -hmm. Same stuff. They don't, I don't think make that particular brand anymore. Gotcha. But it's just like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. And I got one in the garage. I got to rehook up again. But um, it's just peace of mind. Yeah. And they're so cheap. It's like, why not have it? You just got to buy a ten dollar, sixty four gig card, and it goes straight to uh, internet. So if anybody even took the camera, it's still I still have the footage. Yeah, that's fantastic. So it's a good thing to have. Yep. And and actually, I had one guy steal from me, uh, an employee. I don't know if I mentioned this. Mm -mm. Um, he was supposed to be shipping orders. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd leave here and go to the post office, and I realized that they the tracking numbers weren't getting any update scans. He was just taking them home with them and not dropping them off at the post office. Oh. So I guess it was my fault for not uh, catching it sooner, but I had one customer say, hey, can you uh, look at this tracking? It hasn't moved. Looked another one. It hasn't moved. And it was from from Amazon, from eBay, from Etsy, and it was USPS, UPS, and FedEx. It's like, that doesn't happen. No. There's no anomaly that three different carriers and three different marketplaces aren't having updates in their scans. That's brutal. So I had filed a police report. You know, he's, he's got a warrant out for his arrest. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. I'm not fooling around. I mean, no, dude, that's the right thing to do. That's just insane that that happened. You know, and I have all of his information. I'm hiring an employee, a uh, W-2 employee. I have his you know Social Security card, his, his ID, his whereabouts. Like, dude, what do you think? I'm not going to do anything? I know. That's, that reminds me of I was working at Subway when I was, like, 16. And we had a new associate that got brought in. And he was fine. But then one day... Cops get called in by my boss because somebody stole like $400. And in Ohio, felony theft is $350. Oh, wow. Turns out that while I was on shift, dude walked in. I saw him, said hi. He went into the back room to say he was going to use the phone. He went and robbed the back cash register and then walked right out. So it's like 17-year-old kids going for a felony. On for, camera. Yep. In your own workplace. Yeah. $400. It's like, how stupid can you be? How, really? And the things, you know, I'm selling a lot of physical items that are low dollar right now that I'm starting with mm -hmm. and it's like nothing that you can hawk on the black market I mean it's like a, a t-shirt a tire like <laughs> random magazines like what are you gonna do with this is this worth it it's like almost stealing because you wanted to steal it's the adrenaline more than the actual item itself and the thing was you know I had interviewed him while I had another person working for me and he was going off to college so I was trying to replace this person mm -hmm. and he was on paper one of the best people that I had interviewed. I was like, he was a great computer guy. He had done shipping before. Mm -hmm. It's like, we, we didn't see it. It's like, you don't see the things that you're not looking for, I guess. Yeah. It's so easy to doctor up a resume too. And like references will only give you so much legally. So it's, yeah. it's always a gamble when you bring an employee in. And after that, I got those security cameras. Man. <laughs> yep. It's not a bad idea. Not so. a bad idea at all. So we're in uh, May 3rd right now. Mm-hmm. 2020 when do you think things are going to go back to normal and what does normal look like normal is going to be a long time coming because yeah you got these idiots storming capitol buildings with guns and protesting just whatever idiots and lansing yeah yeah i mean if you if you think that your business is more important than people's lives then go fuck yourself sorry didn't mean to drop that no you can say whatever that pisses me off yeah uh anyhow 
you're looking at historical data, the biggest thing that we can compare this to is obviously the Spanish flu. 1918. Yep. And that was a two-year, three-cycle flu. It went through its first phase, which was fatal within about 72 hours. So uh, worse than COVID, if you got it, there was a good chance you just weren't coming out of it mm -hmm. for mortality rate. But it didn't spread quite as prolifically as COVID has. But after phase one receded, phase two came in really mild. And what we noticed back then was transmission started occurring between animals and humans. And that's what we're running into right now. Is we've just had encountered the first in cases of uh, family dogs and cats getting it. We've already seen multiple instances in zoos of like lions getting it. Hmm. So now that we know that these animals are getting it, what's going to happen is they're going to start making mutations of the bacteria, the virus, sorry. And then that's going to start being able to jump back into human hosts. And so we're going to see another phase of it. And maybe it's just going to be a common cold and everybody gets over it and it's super nice and easy. That'd be fantastic. Or it's going to be the psychotically more mortal killer that's just wiping out a third of the population. Who knows? Um, we do have a lot better technology for vaccines now, which gives me a lot of hope. Sure. But... Even if all the bans on going out and being in public dropped tomorrow, businesses aren't going to open up full speed because they're going to... Restaurants gonna, and yeah, clubs. And quite honestly, if you go 100% right now, you're going to get, become ostracized by the general public. You will be a pariah. Like what's happening in Georgia? Yeah. All these idiots going to the beaches and stuff like that, and then Florida shutting down their beaches again because of it, and businesses like the churches... Um, getting shut down by the landlords, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> but um, anybody that's opening up too soon and getting rid of face mask restrictions or maximum uh, occupancy restrictions overnight is going to feel the heat. So people are going to be really hesitant to get back into full swing. And so if the vaccine came out and everything was good, I'm still thinking end of the summer at best before we really have a chance to get back to normal functioning sometime july august right. time frame if we don't get the vaccine going though and we do start to see these mutations coming around that we're expecting it's going to be a two-year it's going to be a three-year and there's a very strong chance that we could hit the next great depression because of that so it's kind of frightening to think about the biggest benefit that we have now that we didn't have during the last great depression though to avoid that kind of scenario again is that we have the ability to instantaneously communicate yeah so whenever we recognize that there is a a hot spot of a potential economic failure we're able to swarm it as a society and make adjustments to implement procedures practices and safety checks basically that'll keep us from having that total collapse we're going to have an economic downturn money's going to suck for a while that's just going to happen but i'm thinking we can avoid bread lines yeah because of where we're at today so for sure yeah, it's, um, what do you think has changed the most in your life? You're not going to work. You're still working from I'm home, I'm working though. from home, um, and quite honestly, I'm newer in the position I'm doing as an analyst now, and uh, so a lot of my time is sitting there waiting for people to hit me up with issues or working on visual projects, so it's not crazy, but uh, that's one of the biggest changes in my life, and then not going out. It's small things, like... I'm okay with going on a motorcycle ride because I can totally limit my interaction with people by gas at the pump. So I'm wearing gloves when I'm pumping gas, trying not to spread bacteria that way. I'm not really getting close to anybody. But, like, I used to always go out and do those rides or to say, hey, let's just go out and get an ice cream real quick. And it'll always have some stupid small purpose. And that's just five minutes of social interaction, saying hi and goofing off with the cashier for a minute. Yeah, That's not happening right, right. now. 
That's so awkward. Like, I long for social interaction that I'm not getting right now. Yeah, man, I think this is the first conversation I've had with another human <laughs> outside of, you know, the work stuff. Yep. Um, first friend I've had over in a long time. I know. Two months, maybe? Yeah. Um, and I'm still going to work. I still am physically going there every day, That's Monday tough. through Friday. Yeah. And um, we have, you know, protections in place. Everybody who comes in gets scanned uh, temperature, temperature. Yeah. and no touch temperature. Yeah. Uh, readings and you have to fill out have you had diarrhea you know have you had all these any symptoms, symptoms yeah. um, less so often but man it's uh it's a weird time that we live in now it is and I heard that I don't remember who was saying this or what his credentials were but he was saying um, all we needed to go into a recession was for each American to spend $75 less this year okay that's definitely happening we are far and above $75 for each person. Yep. I mean, I've skipped going to the grocery store a couple of times. No, I've, I've been doing three week runs. And that's $100 each time maybe you go. Yep. Uh, if you're buying a lot of food there. So yep. I don't think we're going into a recession. I think we're going to go into a depression. And I, I hope not. I, I really don't want that. You know, I own a business that thrives on people buying things. Yep. Um, and uh, but I'm not going away no matter what. I'm gonna be here. Nice. I'm gonna do everything possible to stay afloat. Um, you know, you only fail when you run out of money. So I've been trying to build a moat. And, Have a little uh, bit of a little base baseline for you. Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's important. Yeah. You know. I've been stockpiling my cash as well. Like I've got a little bit of credit card debt. Nothing crazy by any means. But like when I got the economic stimulus package, when I got my tax return, I've been sitting on it all. Just it's good. Trying to make sure like if it hit the fan that I'd be able to cover for a few months. You have to um, be. Yeah. Well, I mean, thankfully, I haven't been furloughed like a lot of the other management from my job has because of my position. So um, it's just holding on to that for as long as we can. Absolutely. And, and Anita's in Louisville? Not anymore, finally. She was down in there for a month because we have a site down there that was struggling really badly that wasn't shutting down. Um, and they used her for a long time, and then... They were, her site was supposed to start back up tomorrow, actually, and so they brought her up last week to go through proper training for COVID and getting ready for everybody to resume, and then when the extension happened on May 15th for Michigan, um, the big three in the UAW all pushed back their timelines, and so I don't actually know when we're starting up again now. It's either going to be the week uh, after the 15th, or they're talking about trying to start up the second week of May, but we'll see what happens. Okay, and I was just uh, um, messaging one of my friends who's in real estate who's going to be coming on here, mm -hmm. and he was saying that their real estate's going back on Thursday. Really? That's what he told me, so... He says, you know, I don't know if I can commit to this to this next weekend, but maybe we could do it throughout the week sometime, because um, he's probably going to be swamped after oh, a couple yeah. weeks off of no showings, and yep. he's going to be having a lot of lot of work, which is great. Mm -hmm. Want to get that the economy back? You know? Yeah, this is the perfect time to buy too, because like this is the historically lowest interest rates for mortgages in what thirty years or something. Oh, yeah, like that. all the houses are on sale. Oh, you know, man. all the stocks are on sale. You just yeah. don't know which ones are going to go back, which ones are going to fade away. I know. There's going to be, you know, I had a restaurant um, across the street, just a mom and pop. It's a Chinese restaurant called Takey Yowdy. <laughs> They're not there anymore. Ouch. That quickly. Yep. You know, it's, it, a, a few, a lot of businesses don't have months and months and months worth of savings yeah. that they can keep people afloat. My fiance's daughter had two jobs and one of them was a 
a server and bartender at this really awesome little bar down in Troy, Ohio called Mojo's. Yeah. Fantastic place, killer food, great draft list. Maybe, maybe you went there once? Not, Mojo's? Not, the not Mojo's. that one? No. Different one. Yeah. Uh, they're gone. They they shut the doors and said, we are not going to be able to recover from this. So she's out of a, one of her two jobs already. It's like, holy crap. Stinks. I know. The whole landscape is going to be changing, I think. Yeah. What's going to rise? What's going to be the next thing? It's really an eye-opener for us, too, because like, we've gotten so comfortable as a country and just like spending the money as soon as we get it and not having that that backdrop, that safety net. And we always talk about it, and everybody's like, oh, you should do this, and that's businesses and individuals alike, and nobody did. Yeah. And now we're all going, crap. Yeah. Um, guys? Where's it going to come from? Right. So uh, maybe if we can get out of this in one piece, we'll start to change the modus operandi for how we handle our money and be a little bit better prepared for the next kind of, next time this kind of thing occurs. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. Yeah, talking about the social aspect we were talking about a minute ago. I've used a lot of this time sitting around being bored, not being able to go out much, and I've totally redid my entire basement. There you go. Power yeah, I saw you had a bar down there now. Yes, I have a fully functioning bar. I've got retro gaming entertainment center, but sadly most of my consoles aren't working yet. I'm trying to get them going again. Pool table's all set up. Got new pockets and stuff on there. New pockets. Everything's super clean, ready to go. Got my dartboard mounted and got the tape line set up and everything. So how do you redo a pool table? What's the process of that? You have to refelt everything? I didn't do the felt. The felt was in tolerable shape. It probably could use it eventually, but I decided not to. But you got to remove, in order to get to the pockets and redo the pockets, you have to remove the bumper rails, which in my table is a late 60s or early 70s rental table. So it initially was designed for coin slots, Okay. but they didn't ever put the coin slots in and the I tracking, so it's just basic mesh pockets. So I have to peel off the covers on the sides and then unscrew the clamps that hold the bumper rails down to the table. That comes off in one big square and it's off to the side. Most pool tables are either a single slate piece or a triple slate piece. Mine is a single, so you pick up the edge of the slate and it's free sitting at that point. It's got brackets holding it in place so it's in the proper position. Mm -hmm. But it's not mounted anywhere. It's not super heavy. No, it's heavy. Yeah. Well. That's why it doesn't. That's why it's not mounted. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause it's, laughs> damn thing weighs probably 120, 130 pounds. Yeah. So I'm trying to pick this thing up and going, <gasps> shift it a couple inches, try not to like lose a finger. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to pull each pocket out individually, and the pockets are just little pieces of the plywood with a hole in the middle, and it's got the shoulder mounted to the back of it, and the pocket mounted at the underside. So ripped all those out, stapled new ones in, nailed the shoulders in. Uh, cleaned up the felt really good with a vacuum and then brushed it out to make it nice and smooth. Then you reassemble everything and then because you shifted it all around you have to re-level the whole thing. So I start just rolling a ball across the thing and every time I find a bad corner I like get under it, put my <laughs> knees under the pool table and I'm lifting up, spin the wheel, drop it back yeah. down. Just another couple <laughs> millimeters at a time. Exactly. And an hour of just lifting this pool table <laughs> up and down and finally get it to where it, I think it's rolling pretty good now. Is that on carpet? Say what now? Is it is a pool table on carpet? No, the basement is just concrete and um, it's got a sealant on it, so it's pretty solid. Pretty basic, yeah. yeah. It's partially finished basement. I don't think I'm going to fully finish it because there's been obvious flood damage down there in the past, and I yeah. feel like throwing the money down the pit. Yeah. I got two sump pumps running down there though, so I think I should be okay. Should be good. Yeah. Hey. But I got this super awesome, ready to hang out place to go, and I can't get people over to my house yet. And it's like, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> so, as soon as we get to the point where we know that it's probably pretty safe for us to get together as long as nobody's showing symptoms, yeah. we're having a huge family 
party, so just be ready for it. Yeah, me. Well, I'm it's, ready, man. I saw your post. I'm like, yeah. that's gonna be that's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be awesome. All the cousins, all the aunts and uncles. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. For sure. I, I saw alcohol sales are up seven thousand percent or whatever it is. I got a liquor store right across the street from my house. It does not help the situation. <laughs> man. Yeah, I've been walking across the street myself, getting a few. I've been. Uh, been getting into the Griffin Claw. Griffin Claw Brewing Company. It's a Michigan-based. Okay, I think I've had one of their beers before. They have the El Ligero. That's yeah. a Mexican Mexican lager with a lime. Okay. I think it is. They've got a few of them. There's a Raggedy Ass IPA. And uh, that was one of Tony's favorites. Oh, nice. And uh, so I tried it out. And they had two different two different kinds. There was a Norm's and another one, maybe Donna's or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I think the Donna's or whatever one started with a D. Uh, I didn't read it before I started drinking it. Mm -hmm. It's basically wine. It's 9.5% alcohol. <laughs> like, and I'm on the second one. I'm like, oh, no, I got work tomorrow. It's like, I'm going to be on the floor here. <laughs> so I put that back in the fridge, you know, and took a shower and went to bed. But, That's oh, awesome. man, that, that, that kicks you in the butt. Nice. I've been way more into the liquor recently. And just, just because I have it available, honestly, I got this. I, I inherited so much liquor when I moved into this house. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I was drinking like really ghetto vodka martinis for a long time. Just like literally take a wine glass, put a big chunk of ice in there, fill it full of vodka, a little splash of vermouth, and then you just pound it. And one of those, and you're like, huh. <laughs> yeah. But my fiance's daughters started giving me so much hell for drinking vodka martinis. It's like you gotta do a gin martini, and so I've been playing with that lately. And I'm like three bottles of gin down now. Oh, going, oh that's so awesome! <laughs> I can't say I've had a gin martini. It's really good, actually. I gotta expand my my liquor taste now. That's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to learn right now, too, because I'm like, okay, now I have a bar, and then I'm thinking about putting, like, a bar sink in there. I'm like, I need to learn how to make legitimate mixed drinks. Yeah. And not just straight liquor shots. Yeah, so. it's Tony of all his uh, knowledge about the bar industry. Yep. Yep. My next-door neighbor is also a bartender, so it's like I got people to tap into left and right. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure, and, uh, <laughs> you know, you switch from the beer to the liquor, and you save a lot of calories. You'd think, but I mean, a lot of shots are two or three hundred calories a shot. The man. sweet shots, yeah. No, I mean, they're like even vodkas. Really? That's why they have like a skinny vodka out there, huh. man. It's like it's not as calorie low, low as you'd expect it to be. That's what everybody always touts it as. You no, know, it's better yeah. maybe. I don't know. Maybe less less, less sugar if you're not putting pop in it. Potentially, that could be it. But yeah, there's a lot of times when it's still pretty laden in calories, so yeah. it's disappointing. But it's, I'm drinking it to get drunk, not to worry about my diet. <laughs> sure, so. for a good time, you <laughs> right. know. They say if you're uh, if you're sober and all that, there's there's maybe a good side to that, but just the relaxation benefits of having a, a drink or a few um, maybe is better for you in that relaxation aspect of it than not having it. There's so many back and forths on that. Who knows, oh right? man, yeah. And then there was the argument for a while that having a glass of wine is so much better for you than not drinking anything. And then it turned out to be this just because hey, wine's made from grapes and grapes are good for you. So <laughs> eat some damn grapes. Don't drink sure. the wine. It's like. Yeah. Oh, shit, now what? <laughs> Make up your mind. Right. <laughs> you know, I went all of uh, 2019 without having a drop of alcohol. That's impressive. Um, you know, I felt like I was drinking a little too much at the end of 2018. And yeah. uh, 2020, I, I I was not going to be full-time forever. That was not the goal. Just to prove myself, to prove to myself that I could do it. Absolutely. And I could do it, and I have great discipline. It's not really an issue. Yep. But, um... Definitely kind of rebounded in 2020. Like, I can drink again. You know? <laughs> and, and I, nobody said I couldn't drink. It was just me saying, you know, I want to do this. Yeah. And uh, it's just mo moderation in moderation. Right? That's, yeah, that's, that's the real challenge for me. It's like, now that I have 40-plus bottles downstairs, it's really tough not to go 
let's make a drink. And then you finish it and go like, whoa, why can't I have another? I'm at home. It's not like I'm hurting anybody. Don't go into work tomorrow. Yeah, but I mean, even when I am going into work the next day and I'm working from home the next day, still, I'm drinking to the point where when I stand up, I'm staggering and I'm like, this might be a bit of an issue. Yeah. I should probably chill it just a little bit. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's finding a line when there's nobody there to create a boundary for. It's the challenge, and especially when I was home alone for an entire month. Yeah, she's down there in Louisville doing her thing, and I'm like, "Well, hell, bored, chug, <laughs> bored, chug." <laughs> it's like I'm bored, so I'm gonna eat, or bored, so I'm gonna drink, or whatever. Precisely. I, I notice myself at work sometimes. Uh, um, I'm bored, so I'm looking for stuff in my drawer to eat. I'm like, I'm not actually hungry. I'm just <laughs> bored, you know, and, I, and that's a common I, thing to do. Yeah, I actually started chewing gum entirely just to try to avoid that eating habit. And I don't even like chewing gum. It's like, I, le I learned a long time ago that a lot of times we feel hungry, it's actually thirst. So I've gotten to the point where I force myself to drink a gallon of water every day. And I have this huge half gallon bottle that I keep by the bed. And yeah. I'm just pounding it all the time. And then I also chew gum as much as I can. And it's still not helping, man. It's like being at home 24-7, I put on about 20 pounds again. Oh, yeah. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> You're a really fast eater. Yeah. You I know, am. and when I, when I know I don't want to eat a lot, I try to eat even slower because, yeah. uh, or even if I'm trying to stuff it all in, I'll mm. know I'll eat faster because like if I wait too long, I won't be able to finish it because your stomach's got those, those signals telling your brain, okay, stop, you know, at a certain uh, point. Yeah, I don't get there too soon enough. But if you're scarfing it down sometimes, yeah. that could be some of the issue. Yeah, the biggest thing that's worked successfully for me was calorie counting because that really made me recognize what a proper portion was or should be. Did no, you're fine. We were talking diet. I just heard that thing. Make so sense. I guess, uh. My my plan lately has been uh, I don't really count calories, but I do have like calorie restriction kind of thing. So mm -hmm. in the morning I'll have this bulletproof coffee, you know, 15 grams of protein in that coffee, yeah. and I also have uh, um, protein waffles. I think it's Kodiak Cakes makes okay. them, yeah. and it's another 12 or 14 grams of protein right there. So that's my breakfast really is two small ass waffles and a and a coffee protein. Yep. And then um, I work from six to two, and so. I usually eat at about 5.30 when I'm leaving the house, sometimes in the car, and then I don't eat lunch until 1. Oh, that's, that's a long chunk. So it's kind of intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little tough sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, I always grab my, my lunch at around 12. I'm like, I'm getting it ready. Um, I, you know, we, our fridge isn't the best there. It's kind of freezes things a little bit too much. So <laughs> I take it out an hour early so it kind of defrosts a little bit, you know. Gotcha. And... Uh, but lately, uh, since we had this COVID, it's uh, very slow. And uh, so I don't really need to take a lunch. I can eat at my desk and it's not an issue. That's so I'm, I'm able to just do a straight eight hours and go home rather mm. than eight, you and know, half. eight and a half. And um, so I've been eating kind of even less at lunchtime. been eating those, those veggie straws okay. as, a, as a chip yeah. substitute and maybe some nuts or pistachios kind of thing and maybe a granola bar or a protein bar yeah, and that's my lunch and I have maybe a, a buy mm -hmm. with a little bit more caffeine in it and I'm hungry when I go home because I'm not really eating a whole lot throughout breakfast and lunch yep. and then sometimes I've been getting like five guys on the way home <sighs> and getting a bacon cheeseburger double pounder that sounds fantastic. all the way you know, with everything <laughs> on it yep. and then the other day I think it was Thursday or Friday uh, I, I fell asleep because I had this huge 
thing in my belly. I had this food baby. I'm like, oh my god, I needed that so bad, and I just pass out for a couple hours. Oh, my fiance and I did that with a melting pot shortly after Christmas. That was like a Christmas gift to us was a big gift card for a restaurant. So we went out there and we went home and just food cold for like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the problem I have with my fiance. It's not an issue with her at all. It's just that we're both carb addicts and we fuel each other on that. So, like, I'll come home when she's already got the phone out. She's ordering Jimmy John's or ordering just pizza or something like that. Something I got 3,000 calories in front of me and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like it's I delicious. To, yeah, it's like I wanted to have some salmon and some corn and call it a night. Yeah. And here I am eating four times that amount. And yeah. Do you notice a difference? You used to be a pescatarian. Oh, I did the pescatarian for a few years. Not Presbyterian, but pescatarian. Right, so I, I, I didn't eat any meat except for fish. Um, but you still had carbs and fruits and vegetables? Yeah, I, I didn't restrict my diet. I've always been a crappy eater, quite honestly. I was not raised on the best diet in the world, and it just snowballed into me eating whatever the hell I wanted. Um, getting off the pescatarian diet didn't really make a huge difference for me. The one thing that I did notice was bogging me down was when I was eating a lot of processed meats or red meats. Mm -hmm. So I try to limit the amount of sausages that I'm having, steaks that I'm having. I try to nowadays lay a lot more heavily on pork, chicken, and fish. Okay. So um, one of my favorite go-tos for a quick 200 calories is one of those half-pound bags of imitation crab meat. Okay. It's just like uh It's salmon basically. Or... It's pollock. It's a uh, white white fish and pollock. It's um really really basic cheap fish that comes out of the Alaska region. And it tastes good, and I can smash on it with some crackers or by itself, no sure. problem. Um, and then I'll cook chicken or pork chops a couple times a week on the grill just to have something there. But it's easy, low-calorie, good proteins for you. So it works out well enough. I've been uh, attempting to cook some steaks lately. Nice. Since we can't really go to the restaurants and yep. buying a ribeye from Outback, 16 bucks. You know, you can go to... You can buy them from Outback, really? Well, I'm just saying you can... Uh, it's it's more expensive to buy it from pre-made from uh, oh, restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I've been yeah. trying to buy it from buy a grocery it store and six or seven dollars for a and uh, do it myself. But I am not a chef. I'm finding out. Um, I can give you a really good recipe on how to make steaks. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting better though. So Remember, the first I, I worked out by for a couple of years. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, so uh, I was a grill cook, man. I could I can show you. I can hook I you mean, up. I mean, I worked at McDonald's when I was fourteen. <laughs> but that's not really making it's steaks. Not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> so I you know I had this huge chunk of meat. And uh, it's pretty thick. It was like it's kind of like two or three inches high. Yeah. And I'm thinking this is not gonna be good because it's not gonna cook the center right. And so of course I put I put on my new stove, um, the dual burners. Yeah. And scorched the thing. So You're the out, oh. So the outside is basically it's not it wasn't so it's bad. Almost blue. <laughs> it was almost black on the outside, you know. Yeah. And uh, the inside I cook cut it open. It's it's completely Raw. rare. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I just need so much lower heat yep. so, for longer yeah. periods. Running 300 to 400 is your best range. I like running a 300 and taking a little longer because it gets more even cook. Really cool little trick to know. You got this piece of skin right here on your hand. Touching it like this is rare. Okay. Medium rare, medium, medium well, and well. Oh, yeah? And literally, you got the damn steak sitting on your grill or whatever you're cooking just it on. It. And... Compare it to this, and yeah. you'll get a feel for where you're at on it. A little bit tougher to do with the thicker cuts, like if you're doing like a, a loin cut or a ribeye or something like that, it's a bit tougher. But if you're ever doing like a sirloin, okay. top round, anything like that. Use a touch test. Yes, touch test is fantastic. That's how I always did it when I was at Outback. So I have one of those, you know, stick it in thermometers, meat yeah, thermometers. Yeah. Yeah. But those things don't really work for me. It, it goes up so slowly. Yeah, you need a high-end digital to be really worthwhile. If it's an analog like that, it's just not worth your damn time. Yeah. Those are really mainly used for 
checking turkey temps and stuff like that. Okay. You baking. leave it in there, maybe? Well, it if you got one of the ones that's capable of staying in the oven, a lot of them, you have to pull the damn turkey out, stick it in there, check it in 10 minutes, and then okay. decide if you need to throw the whole thing back in the oven yeah. or not. I'm too impatient. I'm like, it's sticking it in. It's yeah. not working. You got to go. You got to <laughs> drop the 30 or $40 and get the digital one for it to yeah. be worthwhile. Now, I do have one of those um, infrared thermometers, but that's just getting the surface temperature. Right, which is not what you want because the surface is always going to be much hotter than what you got in the middle. Sure. Yep. I did that with some sausages. I just, it was at 276. It's only supposed to be 160. I'm like, I guess it's ready. But it's just, just surface temperature. It's better than nothing, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So real quick, and so you have it on recording, and you can do this later. Easiest recipe for steaks, chicken, pork chops, all works the same. Worcestershire sauce. Lay your raw meat out. Worcestershire on both sides. Okay. You don't need to, like, drown it, but give it a good coat. Lowry season salt. Heavy sprinkle on both sides. Onion powder. Sprinkle on both sides a little bit lighter. Garlic powder, not garlic salt, garlic powder. Okay. You already salted it with the Lowry's. You don't want to do it twice. Garlic powder and throw that down too. And then um, parsley is really good on that as well. Okay. Super, super basic, super easy to do. Very, very tasty every single time. I'll have to try it out. Yep. Maybe maybe one day you have to cook it for me. Oh, dude, absolutely. Whenever. I'm thinking we're going to do a big grill out when I get everybody over. So Man, I can't wait for to eat <laughs> food that I didn't cook. <laughs> Right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. One of these days is going to happen. But hey, let's wrap it up. Some of my camera feeds are going here, so uh, <laughs> I don't want to lose them all before we, we end it. Yeah, so let's wrap good. it up and let's get some mountain bike riding in. And uh, till next time. Absolutely, man. All right. Thanks for having me. Like, follow, subscribe, and share. I'm active on Facebook, Instagram, Strava, YouTube, and Twitch. Leave me a comment and tell me what I did right and what I did wrong. Who would you like to see me interview next? I specialize in motorsports and racing, but I want to talk to people from all walks of life. We can do it via video conference, but would much rather do it in person. I'm located in Sterling Heights, Michigan, about a half hour north of Detroit. You can find Gary on Instagram at LaneRides86, YouTube, Freak Border, and also on Strava. All the links are going to be below. Visit ericswanracing.com and shopesr.com. Thanks for watching and listening until the end. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Today's featured products are Bonamici Italian Sport Bike Parts. ESR has been an authorized dealer of Bonamici for the last few years. We have foot peg assemblies, rear sets, chain adjusters, engine case covers, dash protectors, triple clamps, brake and clutch levers, lever guards, and clip-ons, handlebars. For just about every modern sport bike, including Aprilia, BMW, Ducati, Honda, Kawasaki, MV, KTM, Suzuki, Triumph, and Yamaha. These parts are all high-quality performance parts ready for racing or street riding. Head over to ericswanracing.com where you can order these parts on our eBay store right now. And most are also available on our website shopesr.com. You don't have to spend a lot of money to support small businesses. We have about 1,500 items for sale that are under $50. We have 250 books, 250 magazines, 100 vintage books, 75 DVD and VHS movies, 90 CDs, 135 audio cassette tapes, 150 vinyl records. We sell products in over 500 categories from race parts to baby clothes, electronics and sporting goods. We're in the process of creating thousands of new product listings with the goal of 2,000 new products per month. Stay tuned for what's to come.